Before we begin, I just want you guys to know that we're going to be highlighting some really young entrepreneurs across the African continent who are doing some pretty amazing things. So stay tuned. This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm your host, Arun Galadima. Let's start the show. This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm excited to bring you today's guest, Mr. Gift Lubele. Gift is a young South African entrepreneur who currently is studying business management at the African Leadership University in Mauritius. Gift is passionate about youth entrepreneurial innovation in Africa. He's also a business speaker, corporate MC, and blogger. Um, more of his work can be found at giftlubele.com. Uh, Gift, I've, I've given a very brief introduction, but I was wondering if you could take the time to let the bandits get to know you a little bit better. Hi, Rama. Thank you for having me. It's truly uh, an honor to be part of this amazing, cool uh, podcast station that you guys have. I am Gift originally from South Africa, Johannesburg, and I uh, have started uh, schooling here in Mauritius last year, doing my honors in business management at the African Leadership University. I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship, um, particularly African entrepreneurship, because I believe that Africa is the next forefront of um, just, it, it's going to be over the next forefront for the next coming entrepreneurial wave that will hit the world, especially youth entrepreneurship. Nice. And so, can you tell us a little bit about how you found yourself at the uh, African Leadership University? Right. So, uh, just like any of uh, most uh, African young people who graduate from high school, um, I got accepted into traditional universities, the University of Johannesburg and the University of Pretoria back in South Africa. And I remember going there for, for orientation day and we got there and they told us how we're going to be learning and some of the things that we're going to be doing during the course of the year. And something just just didn't sit right. So I just felt like they small um, that I could sort of feel towards the university. And um, the year that I was supposed to go to university, I didn't because I just felt like I am not really connected to it. Um, so I went into business. I started my business. Uh, I rather continued with my business because I started it when I was still in high school. And um, during the course of the year, I heard about this amazing, innovative, disruptive university called the African Leadership University. And what really triggered me, or what really made me be part of it, was the fact that they disrupt this educational, this traditional educational system that most universities have, in a sense that they not only offer you a degree, but they try to incorporate real life sort of solution and problems that you, as a student, um, solve. And you know, you get to do a degree while at the same time working. Um, as an intern in major global companies such as KPMG, JP, JP Morgan, and all these big companies. And um, as a student, you get to intern with them. So by the time you graduate, you actually have a degree and the work experience. Um, So for me, that really um, sort of made me very interested in being part of the time. Upon my application, I got declined the first time, and I remember sharing this with my friend, and he said that, you know, there's many people who are applying at Harvard, and most of them are declined, so, and they never stop, so you have to just continue, you know, um, applying, and he even gave me an example that he had a friend who applied at Harvard like seven times, and he got accepted on the eighth. and he said, you know, I have six more times to go, so (laughs) next year, again and I I was accepted nice um, so can you tell me a little bit more about the university I haven't heard of it but it definitely right. seems in doing a little bit of research it seems that the work they're doing is really good what they're trying to capture is you know really powerful but um, I haven't heard of it I'm sure some of the, the listeners might not have heard of it so what are the origins of uh, the African Leadership University Awesome. Um, the university is very new. It uh, has about four years existing. And it started off as an academy in South Africa, founded by 
Greg Sonica, uh, an amazing entrepreneur who values education deeply, especially here in the African continent. So the, um, from the African Leadership Academy, which is a more high school academy for young disruptive African leaders, it evolved to what it is today, which is the African Leadership University. And the main aim behind it is to basically um, sort of build and um, scout the next generation of African leaders. And they try to do this, but they try to do this by sort of incorporating different methods, not only traditional education, they look at other factors that matter as that matter to leaders. They look at very um, crucial soft skills. Um, they look at very um, sort of real life problems that um, one needs to encounter and they help you solve them. So it's very, very, uh, at least in my opinion, it's very, very innovative. Uh, and the, the first class that, that applied here, um, they only take like 3% of the entire application. They took only 3% of the entire application within the African continent. So it's also very sort of intense to be, um, to be accepted here. But other than that, it's 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 really it's really an amazing place to be at. Nice, and uh, you spoke a little bit about um, a business that you started while in high school. Can you touch a little bit more on that? Right. So initially, I grew up in a village in South Africa, an amazing small village um, located in a province called Limpopo. I'm not sure if you can pronounce that. Uh, yes. That's awesome. Yes, I then later moved to the city of Johannesburg. When I got there, I realized around that there's a lot of sort of predicament that people live with in the city, and they because they've lived with them ever since they were kids, they have become immune to these problems. Um, they just feel like it's a normal thing to you know, collude to do other several things that are helpful to the community. One thing I realized when I was in the city of Johannesburg was the amount of plastic pollution that existed in our community in particular. And it was very shocking to see people who have lived there not taking it serious because, I mean, they, they grew up in it and they just have been seen it ever since they, they were born. And for them, it, it has become like a community uh, um, acceptable thing. So I thought that it was not acceptable. When I was in grade 12, I decided to do something, which is to start a company I call GNU. It's a recycling company that converted waste into a wide variety of innovative products. Reason being that I believe in a world where trash is seen as treasure. The things that we um, throw away that eventually pollute the environment could somehow be used as new things and I really um, I really still do believe that you know if mankind is responsible for the pollution of the earth for that reason alone it is the same man who in some way or form could find a resolution to ending this best predicament and when I realized that there's very very um, many things I could do with pollution I started uh, my company. Nice. And what are what's an example of some of the products that you made from the plastic wastes? Right. So I'll just give you two examples. The first product was called the smart holder. And what the smart holder is is uh, a little device, uh, a, a plastic holding device that I that people use to carry plastic bags. Now how this device came about was uh, when I was doing shopping with my mom and. When I carried these plastic bags and walked around the mall for a very long time, it was really painful. It caused a severe pain in my fingers. And I thought, why not come up with something that could help me ease this pain on my fingers? And that's when the sort of idea was, was, was born. I came up with this little thing that I could just put on my hand and after that put plastic on top of that device. And that reduced the amount of um, of pain that I felt every time I, 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 hold, I held the plastics. And that was made from recycled plastic. 
um, and our, our previous uh, uh, product line was uh, a collection of goods called the Eco Collection. So the Eco Collection was a collection of different innovative products, um, clothing such as uh, raincoats and um, and uh, garments that were made entirely from recycled billboards. We also did pencil cases and corporate gifting bags that were made from um, used expired billboards. So when huge companies would put up billboards on the, on the road, we, we found out that after the billboard has expired and it has been taken down, it's very hard to recycle it because the process is very intense. So we went to those guys and we spoke to them and we said, why don't we take your waste for free? We will not charge you for taking this waste and you will not obviously charge us for taking your waste. So we, we did that and um, we created really amazing products. Interesting. So how did you go about marketing your products? Uh, the first one sounds like it was a bit of a unique thing and oftentimes when you have a unique product being able to penetrate the market is a little bit more difficult because you have to educate the consumer on how to use the product properly and all of that uh, so what was sort of your marketing strategy at that time yeah i, I wouldn't say it was a little bit difficult uh, around it was very difficult um especially because i was very young i remember having uh, a meeting with a potential client person telling them that this is what I do and they just looked at me and they said this 20 year old um, I was so I was uh, I was 20 years by that time this 20 year old kid you know trying to sell us something that doesn't exist that probably no one um, is interested in so for me the difficulty served as a motivation to do even better and obviously I had assistance from several mentors or people I was asking advice from then. But this is how I did it. Um, I obviously uh, needed to confirm if I had a market. I did not have a factory by then. I did not have money to sort of mass produce or uh, even do a prototype. So when finding uh, clients, I started off by um, doing a survey. I went around um, local supermarkets because the product was targeted at people who were within the supermarket range. And I went there and I had a list. And I remember being there for about two weeks and randomly asking people about the difficulties they had every single time they shopped. I would ask them questions such as, what do you like? And the little pain that they feel between shopping and the parking lot. So I went a bit deeper um, and I started instead of looking at individuals, so I started looking at corporates who had events. So whenever there's a huge event, for example, let's say Knowledge Benedict has um, an awesome conference com coming up, I would speak with Knowledge Benedict and I would say, this is what we do. It's a small product, we would like to put it in your corporate bag, we will brand it um, with your name and the name of the conference and so on, and we will include it in your corporate goodie bag. So every single guest or delegate that comes on your conference will have this thing as a corporate gift. Mm. And when, when you look at that um, perspective, it started it started sort of working. But I still had issues around because I, I like I said, I was very young. I did not have enough money to set up a factory for something that I didn't even know was in demand. So finding my first client was a bit uh, interesting and I will share with you in a second one. There's a huge company called MMI Holdings. It's a, a, one of the leading insurance companies in South Africa. They were having this really big event called the Directors Event and I wanted my products to be part of this event. And so what I did was I started sending anyone I could find the emails online, um, emails. And I found uh, surprisingly one of the key decision makers, I shooted him an email. And I said, I really want to come to the to this event. And you have to realize that this event was only accepting top CEOs and ministers and all those important people, and I was none of them. Mm. So 
when I went to the event, I was not necessarily going there to socialize and um, share drinks with these top guys. I really wanted clients. And when I got there, I spoke to the to some of the key decision makers, and they said, we like what you're doing, you're still very young, we're interested. We organized a meeting, and when I got there, they said, we would like X amount of these products that you have. And it was really exciting for me to actually find someone who's willing to pay for this, but you have to remember that I did not have a factory or money. So what I did was I negotiated a 50% upfront payment with these guys, and as soon as they accepted, I started looking for people who did something similar to this, but not necessarily what I did. I designed a model online um, that was just very not good looking, but I had an idea of it. So after having the 50%, I went to people who were doing something similar to this. I gave them 50% payment and I told them that as soon as they do the entire delivery, I will give them the remaining 50%. So when the manufacturers gave me all the products, I delivered them. My client finally paid off the remaining 50%. Um, I started then gaining traction. And um, this is not some genius method that, you know, only a handful of people could come up with. This is something that each and every one of us as entrepreneurs are capable of doing. Um, it's really important, at least in this competitive digital instant world, to always innovate, always try to disrupt the system. If certain things are done in a certain way in a business, try to look at them from a, a different perspective. I think that way, a lot of things might make a bit sense and things might start actually happening. So I hope I'm not taking too long. Oh, no, no. I, I think that's really good advice. Uh, if, if you're trying to start a business that does something against what the conventional uh, what conventional wisdom tells you, sometimes you're going to have to go a little bit against the grain and take some shortcuts, do things a little bit differently. So it's important to innovate. If someone says it's not done this way in the industry, you need to look at the the process and say, well, why isn't it done this way? Because and realize whether or not it's actually beneficial to change up the system. And that can be your point of innovation, whether it's you doing something and saving a little bit of money on each product, you have yourself a business, a more viable business than the competition. So I think what you're getting at is really important. You're talking about innovating in terms of the processes as well as the business itself. Most definitely, most definitely. I agree with you. I mean, people always discourage shortcuts and they say, you know, if you take shortcuts, there will always be circumstances and consequences that face you in the near future. That might be true to a certain extent, but look again, we are in a world of shortcuts. You know, we, every single thing that we want to do is done instantly and it's done in a digital shortcut, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, I would, I would advise people listening that if you want or if you have a service or a product that you would like to sell, instead of looking at finding funds or finding a factory to manufacture or whatever, or finding um, a good business planner or all those things that a lot of people do before actually finding what's really important, which is a client, you should take a shortcut. I encourage each and every single person who's listening, the first thing that they should do whenever they're having a service or a product is to take a shortcut. And the only shortcut that works is finding a client. That is the most best, um, yeah, I, I'd say it's the best thing that good entrepreneurs do. You know, a lot of people today have great services, they have disruptive ideas, but because they don't have clients, what they're doing eventually does. So the best shortcut to get as, as, a, as an entrepreneur is to go get a client before you do anything, before you get that factory or before you start pitching your ideas to investors or whatever a lot of entrepreneurs do these days. Just make sure you have a client. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's good advice is uh, the ability to find out how viable your business is. It makes it a lot easier when you're trying to raise money if you have someone who is already willing to pay you for whatever it is that you do. And we've, we've spoken a little bit about your 
business, uh, but we want to get to know you a little bit more as an entrepreneur. So uh, what fires you up in the morning? What is your morning routine and why is that routine so important to you? Uh, a very good question. Um, if I knew how to answer that question, I believe I would be in a better state. Um, and I say this sincerely because I'm, I'm, I would like, I, I'm still a young person and as much as I would like to say this is what I do on a daily basis, I would, uh, if I say that, I would be not saying the truth. I think for me, I'm still trying to find out what works. Um, I wake up in the morning and whatever it is that I need to do, I make sure that I do it at my best capacity. Um, it's very hard these days to do what other successful entrepreneurs have done and think that you will be successful. Let me give you an example. Warren Buffett, an amazing investor who has, in his time, um, implemented certain routines that have worked for him. That could include reading books, that could include perhaps waking up in the morning and running, or whatever it is that Warren Buffett did as a routine that actually or eventually made him successful today. I don't think what he did back then if I were to do it today, would still be a 50% guarantee of success. Because times have changed and technology is taking over, hence things change. You know, for, for me to sit down and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do every single day when I wake up, it might not be the best thing to do. And I'm speaking for me, I don't know about other people. Um, but things change, and as I am growing, I believe I am. I'm learning um, new techniques or new routines that I should do daily that possibly will help me um, be a lot better or a lot more successful. With that being said, though, I do, there are several things that, you know, as an entrepreneur, one needs to do every single day. One of it is networking, and I'm sure you've had people speaking about this, you know, saying around, it's, 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 it's networking that works. But there's very, very, um, there's a lot of sort of potential within networks. And as entrepreneurs, if we could realize the importance of it, not in a, I know this person and they could help me with a deal type of way, but in a more of, this person could help me with information. Information about opportunities, information about development, information about new things, information about you know what they have done and all that. I believe it's it's part of network, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm doing a good job answering your question, but um, yeah, I I, I I personally do not have uh, sort of a daily routine that, mm. that, um, that I could sort of advise people and say, do this every single day, it works. Um, maybe I'm still too young, maybe I'm still yet to discover this <laughs> guaranteed formula to success that you know people uh, speak of, um, but I haven't encountered it firsthand. So for me, it's just giving it your best. Whatever you do, you know your vision as an entrepreneur, you know what you want to do. So work towards it. You know, if, if you want to be the biggest um, podcast company in the USA, that's your vision. Every single thing that you do, be it a daily routine or not a daily routine, make sure you, you excel at it. You stupidly excel and you do it so good that no one comes behind you and 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 yeah whatever it is just do it good yeah no i, I think that's uh it's important to note that not all of the people i've interviewed have had uh concrete routines i, I interviewed a couple of days ago i interviewed uh a nigerian entrepreneur who said he has no routine he wakes up and gets what he needs to get done, done. And I think it's finding out what works for you. I mean, just copying someone's routine, if it doesn't flow into the natural cycle of the way you do things, then it's not really 
empowering you, it becomes more of a burden and more of a task than actually a way of getting things done. So I think um, it's all about finding out what motivates you, what pushes you and using that. Um, so I, it's perfectly fine that you might not have a morning routine. Um, yeah. And then, I'm sorry, sorry to, to interrupt you. Uh, I, 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 say, I say this intentionally because that's what we do these days. We imitate people. You know, we look at Bill Gates and we say, oh, so this is the book that Bill Gates read. I should read it so that I too increases the chances, I increase the chances of being successful. Which could be true to a debatable extent, but not entirely. Um, so I, I, I personally uh, believe that, you know, there's a lot of imitation that happens throughout, especially these days. And the best person you could be is yourself. You know, if, if, if certain things uh, people are doing impress you, it's okay to, to adopt them. Take them in, but let them not direct you to the character that you aspire or you look up towards. Just look within. Adopt those factors or characters, characteristics that the people you aspire to have and put them within you and let them be part of you instead of them being you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's 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 good advice. Um, and so we've we've talked a, a little bit about who you are. So we want to know, uh, being an entrepreneur, you experience downtime. So I want you to take us to one of those down moments where you were sort of unsure of the work you were doing. You felt frustrated, uh, just just a difficult time that you had to persevere through. Can you take us to that moment? I think it was about three a.m. Uh, no, no, three p.m. rather, and um, I was in Starbucks in Johannesburg and I sat there for a good 30 minutes wondering what the heck am I doing and I was thinking about what I'm doing and if what I'm doing is okay for the past um, 15 to 30 minutes because for the past few months we did not have a client. I've been sending emails to different potential clients, been making calls, been attending meetings but there was nothing coming in the business, nothing. And it's within those times where, you, even as a young person, you have certain bills to pay. You know, there's certain things that you need to do that would require money. And, you know, during rough times, it's very difficult to be um, optimistic. And that is why we should be optimistic during those hard times. Um, I remember thinking that, you know what, this is it, I've hit the rock bottom. But then that was not true. I did the, the rock bottom that I hit turns out to be muddy. And I was sinking even deeper. <laughs> and it was just not a good feeling. Um, so I think that was one of the most interesting business experiences that I have encountered as a young person. Perhaps one of the reasons that this happened was that when I went into business and I started in, I started going into this entrepreneurship field when I was about 18 to 19 years old, perhaps one of the reasons was that people just looked at me and they perceived me as someone who didn't really know what they were doing. So it was a bit difficult for me to find people who would accept and believe in me from the first time. So I, 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 I presumed that I needed to prove not only to them but to other potential customers that what I'm doing works, what I'm doing has great value and you mean what you say. Um, so three months into business without any money coming in, costs keep going up. I just thought, you know what, maybe it's time I uh, started looking for just a, a job um, to basically keep things going. Um, so I did. I started free, freelancing for my friend's company, um, which is a marketing company, and I, I started doing work for 
for different companies looking at their social media accounts and that was something new I, I'd never done that before because I was in desperate need of cash at that time it's something that was necessary and as time went by you know I just kept doing what I'm doing I just kept sending emails and I started I, I kept following people with calls and saying hey this is the product I've been doing um, you know, if you need or if you're having a conference and you need a corporate gift, let us know. Eventually, people started responding. I started having a few personal um, face-to-face meetings, rather, and people started listening to what we do. Some started giving me a chance, and as time went by, we eventually um, came back. And when we came back, we made the biggest sales the company has ever made ever since its existence. Hmm. So, yeah, that was a very, um, it was a very sort of educational experience that I have been, I encountered as an entrepreneur. Um, and it taught me the importance of perseverance, you know, if, if it gets super hard, giving up may not necessarily be the best option. Hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard of this. And, the listeners might have heard of this too. You know, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs say: never give up. But it's not the same when you experience it. Mm. Um, you know, when someone tells it and when you say it, it's totally different when you experience it. Because when you experience it, everything around you tells you to give up. Your environment, family, your bank account, your way of thinking. Every single thing that is within your sphere is clearly showing you that giving up is the best option at that particular time. But you do it anyways, you persist and you continue. Um, so, yeah, that was just one of the biggest uh, downfalls that I, as an entrepreneur, encountered so far. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I think you you're able to draw out a very important lesson from that, and that's perseverance. Uh, every entrepreneur needs it, and the earlier you figure that out, the better. Um, and so now we want to shift gears and talk about a moment in time where you felt that where you were was exactly where you needed to be. Everything sort of was just lining up for you. Can you take us to one of those those experiences? Yeah. Uh... Uh, right. It was um, it was when I uh, I found six interns from the University of Johannesburg, and I remember sitting in a meeting with these six interns. All of them had uh, degrees, um, had chemical engineering. I'm uh, sorry, mechanical engineering degrees. They recent graduates. And I'm sitting at the table and they're all speaking and they're telling me what we should do with this new product that we were trying to manufacture and how this thing works and what this machine will do when we manufacture this. And all of them are just trying so hard to... By that time I was 19. Mm. I did not have a degree. Um, and I was just looking at how ironic it was that I just directly came from um, from school, yet I'm able to to be advised by such smart minds. And more importantly, I personally am able to pay and help them cover their personal cost. You know, for me, employing them and having them in the room working with me at such an early age with no educational or significant educational degree or certificate that was equally significant to their level that was just mind stretching you know it was mind blowing for me it's it's really um, it's really possible and it's really a very sort of sentimental uh, moment for me and I was a bit um, I was a bit proud of myself that I'm able to do to do something. Yeah. yeah, you know, I find that interesting that that um, oftentimes most of the entrepreneurs I speak to the 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 uptimes for them 
are not necessarily times that have to do with how much money they were making. It's about the people they're impacting. And uh, it's just a lesson for all of the bandits that are listening. Focusing on money, it, it's very fleeting. There's several ways to make money. But when you focus on adding value, the money follows. So it's, it's just something, a recurring theme that I continuously hear. And I encourage you people to... Um, not focus so much on the money, but focus on the value, focus on the product or the service that you're adding to people. True. I, I, agree, I agree with you, uh, Aram, um, but it is, it is important to, to, to realize that money is important. You know, this, let, let us not confuse this. People are the best asset any small, any business can have, be it big or small. People are the key asset. People do not depreciate. People appreciate. And if a company does not have good people, the company will not last. And, you know, people could define good. Good could be good academic records. Good could be people who actually bring sales into the business. Good could be a lot of things. But we should not be confused in this. When we say do not focus on the money, focus on the people, and the value you're bringing, we're not necessarily saying don't make money. We're saying make money. Because that's what, that's one of the sort of um, reasons to keep a business running, to make money. Unless you're an NGO, of course, you're doing it for the uh, good of the society. But when you make money, put people first. People first. Never put people over over money um, because that's what is going to kill your people. Once your people start seeing that you don't value them, you value the money you make, you're not going to have anyone in your company. If you do, they're just going to be. Um, I nearly swear, I'm not sure if they're allowed to use vulgaric words on the whole thing, but they, they, they're not going to be good people. They're going to be crappy people. You know, they're just going to be working for the money that you give them. So, when we say, or at least when I say that I put people above everything, it simply means that I do make money, but I don't put money above people. It's the people that comes first. So make money, you know, but add value and put people first. We're not necessarily saying do not make money or making money is bad. That would be a fallacious statement to articulate. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and with that, we're going to move on into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm ready. And what, what would you say was initially stopping you from taking the step to becoming an entrepreneur? The fear of the unknown. And when did you stop looking at your business as a project and more as an actual business? From day one. What would you say is your superpower as an entrepreneur? Mm. My superpower is, I would say, can, can I name a few? Can I name a few? Maybe sure. three. Yeah. Right. So the first one I think is making people laugh while simultaneously giving them information. Two, creating value and getting paid from it. Three, connecting with people. Hmm. Nice. And what are the, uh, what are some things that you want to improve on as an entrepreneur? Everything around. Um, I want to improve in everything. Um, um, and this might probably sound like a narcissistic thing to say, but. I, I look at this image in my head that no one unfortunately is able to see. This image of me a few years from now on and there are certain things that I need to stop doing now that will eventually lead to this person that I want to become. And so every single day I, I, I look at myself and I'm not necessarily happy at where I am. I am appreciative. I appreciate where I am and I'm very lucky and perhaps blessed to 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 be where I am. Um, and and yeah, it's you know it's merciful and I'll say I'm I'm very grateful 
to where I am, but I am not happy. Um, if anything, I would like to improve on all the aspects of my life. How I, how how I think could be much better. How I articulate myself could be better. How I connect to people could be better. I I I believe this because I am strongly convinced that we as entrepreneurs we are continually in the process of learning. I don't think there's ever an entrepreneur or any person that you know who's in business who might wake up one day and say, yep, this is it, I've made it, I know everything that I need to know and I'm settling for what I know for the next 10 coming years. I mean, I, I recently read a, a very interesting article about Bill Gates and he was saying that every single day he wakes up and he has about five hours of learning time. You know, Bill Gates, one of the richest man who ever lived on planet Earth, still learns today. I mean, what's there to learn? Which continues to, to prove the fact that we, we never stop developing, we never stop learning, we continue learning until we eventually close our eyes and take our last breath. So, mm. yeah. And what is something that you're reading right now? Mm. Um, surprisingly, and I say surprisingly because I also surprised myself. I recently developed a very huge interest in in uh, psychology, uh, sorry, in philosophy, and how philosophies for many years have continually proved that there's a there's a pattern in how we human beings do things and it touches on business because as an entrepreneur if I know that this is what people do and this is something that uh, occurs every single day it becomes a bit better for me or it becomes an advantage for me to now introduce something that will be in line with your, your pattern. Um, so philosophy has been an interesting uh, sort of passion that I just recently developed, which led me to reading a book that I've been reading several books, but the one that I'm reading now is As a Man Thinketh, So Is He, um, yeah, by James Allen. So it's, a, it's a, an amazing book that speaks about how we individuals have the power of the mind. Ellen just basically says that everything that we are, all the actions we take, is a result of our thoughts. And the, the biggest uh, sort of power that we have as mankind is controlling those thoughts because it is within controlling the thoughts that we control who we become. So it's a very interesting book um, that speaks intensely about the mind and how we could sort of develop or pass influence it. Nice, nice. And to sort of to close out the rapid fire round, uh, what is one internet resource or application that you couldn't live without? I'm about to say now, I think I should shoot them an email just to let them know that I'm, I've been doing promotion for them. <laughs> um, I think uh, Google. Hmm. I think Google is, is by far the most useful application or internet thing that I am using because I believe that we are in, in an era where information has become more crucial than finance. It's the people who have more information that sort of have influence. One could even say who. So, yeah, go. Nice. Nice. And as we, as we cool down, you uh, mentioned a book that you're reading currently, uh, but what is one book that you would recommend uh, to the bandits? 
That's a very tricky question, Aram, and I'll tell you why. In many interviews that I've conducted, people have asked me that, Gift, what is a book that you recommend to the listeners? And I find that really, I find that really hard to answer because we different people with different tastes and different visions and goals. And for me to come and say this is a book that you should read and this is a book that will work for you, is is an unproven statement that could potentially lead you to the wrong direction. So, I, I would personally say, look at what you love. That's the first thing that you should do. Look at what you are really, really into, like stupidly in love with. That's something that you're passionate about. It could be sports, right? And if you are passionate about sport, go look at books that are within your passion. And I'm saying this because I've read books that I don't remember what they were talking about today. And the reason for that is because I was reading for the mere fact of reading or because someone told me to read this book and I'm reading it and I don't even know why I'm reading it. But if you read a book with a purpose and read a book to develop or to know more about this burning fire that is found within you, I think it becomes better and eventually that book really does develop you because I don't think it's like the best thing to just boost about books that you read and they don't really show a significant improvement in your life. You know, it's just a nice thing to say on radio or or television or wherever it is that you are interviewed and say, Oh, this is the type of book that I'm reading and everyone should go read. But yeah, for me it's just a difficult statement to share. Because you know we have different things or likings. So to your listeners, I would say let them firstly find what they love or something that they're curious about. And when they find a book that is related to that thing, let them read it wholeheartedly. Let them read it with all their being and truly understand what the writer or author or essayist or novelist or whoever wrote whatever it is that they're reading, let them try and understand what they were trying to do, like what the purpose of what they were writing about is. Nice. Well, I, I think that's, uh, that's also useful, reading with purpose. Um, and so what advice could you offer up to some of the bandits who are listening that are maybe afraid or unsure about the next step they should take in entrepreneurship and whether they should make that leap into entrepreneurship. That ties in perfectly with the, the advice that I received and the advice that, the, the advice that you asked me earlier about. So I found it and it's, um, it, it says that the world is at a critical juncture and so are you. Go ahead and make your plans and don't stop learning. But be open to the detours, and this is a very important word around. Be open to the detours that lead to new discoveries. So and this is a, is, a, is a quote by former UN Secretary General in 2003, Mr. Kofi Annan. Let us be an, an advice to, to the bandits that, you know, the, the, the fear will always be there. You know, um, the fear will, will never go away. Even if you're doing something that you think you know is right, eventually fear just finds a way of creeping in. And anxiety also will be there. And someone once said that there is no amount of anxiety that will change what's going to happen. And I would like to rephrase and say there is no amount of fear that will change what would happen. It's you, you, you do what you have to do, what you feel at that particular time that you feel is important. And this personally, this speaks to me personally because I too am facing a sort of hard decision to make, you know, and it's, it's, it's scary. Um, starting off something entirely new is scary and is risky and, and all those things. But what is it? Everything that is around us is scary and risky, you know. Life itself is risky. Um, it's it's so risky, none of us will come out of it alive. Like, that's how risky life is. 
Um, so, so, like I said, it goes back to the individuals. Whatever that you think you should do, I would, I would advise you to do it. Um, just do it with all your heart and never regret it. Once you made a decision to do something as an entrepreneur and you say, you know what, I'm going to start this company. This idea I have, I'm going to go with it. Whether, when things get hard, never regret it because, you know, someone who regrets their decision, they push away their development. If you didn't take those steps that you regret today, you would not be this person you are today. So, just with all your heart, go in um, and give it a yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm failing to, you know, to find a comprehensive, good advice to give to the benefits because, uh, yeah, I don't think, um, I don't know, I just don't feel like it's going to be fair for me to just say a bunch of words and presume that everyone is going to swallow them, you know, without really knowing what's going on. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it, it just puts me in an awkward situation to give advice to the mass, uh, the, the main people who are listening to the podcast. Yes. Okay. Um, and so, unfortunately, we're reaching the end of the show. So how, how can some of the listeners connect with you through social media, email, website, all of that? Right. So I have... I'm, I'm pretty much on every social media except Snapchat, it's something I should try, heard it's really fun. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm on Instagram as Gift Lubele, I am on Facebook as Gift N Lubele. Alternatively, people could visit my website, www.giftlubele.com. I'm also on Twitter. Nice. Well, Gift, it's been an amazing experience to get to talk to you. So young, but uh, a lot of wise words that you've offered up. I, I definitely appreciate it. I'm sure the bandits appreciate it as well. Stay inspired. Hey, if you're still there, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Handle is Knowledge Bandits Everywhere. We have closed sessions lined up with some of the entrepreneurs that we've already interviewed. So if you have questions that weren't answered during the show, you'll have a chance to connect with them during these closed sessions. Just go to the Knowledge Bandits website at knowledgebandits.com and sign up for the newsletter on the contact page. If you or someone you know has a business, we'd love to share your story with the Knowledge Bandits community. Just send an email to interview at knowledgebandits.com. If you have a question for me or you want to connect with any of the guests so far, send an email to me personally at arum at knowledgebandits.com. Stay inspired.